when life hits rock bottom. I mean, we just take a gut punch that either we didn't see coming or we knew it was coming and braced as hard as we could, and it still just knocked us to the canvas. Um, is just to remind myself or others who are who are believers uh, that we have a place to turn when the bottom falls out. I can rest in uh, and and have a little stillness in my soul by thinking, no, I don't know everything, but my hope and my trust is in the God who does know everything, and He is good. Helping you build an informed framework so you can live biblically in this fallen world. This is Biblical Thinking. Thanks for joining us for this program. It seems no matter how hard we try to avoid things that we worry about or fear, that we are always facing them or something's coming and taking their place. And in this episode of Biblical Thinking, our goal is to help you think biblically about dealing with those thoughts, how to fight against them, and how you should not only think about them, but how you should respond and and act in a way that helps you live in a God-centered way when it comes to your worry and to your fear. I'm Brandon Porter. Thanks for listening to this episode of Biblical Thinking. It is episode number 62. And in just a few moments, Stephen Cavanis will join me as we work through this topic. Let me take this brief moment to invite you to our website. That is biblicalthinking.org. There you'll find this podcast and lots of other podcasts that we've put together with topics that we believe will be helpful to you. And so make sure to visit us at biblicalthinking.org. Or you can join in the discussion on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash biblicalthinking. Go there, like the page, and then join in the conversation, facebook.com slash biblicalthinking. Thanks so much for listening to this 62nd episode of Biblical Thinking, where in just a few moments we'll be talking about handling our fear in a God-centered way. More than 3 billion people have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Would you pray for and even consider taking the good news of Jesus to this week's Unreached People Group of the Week? This week's Unreached People Group are the Lanao of the Philippines. There are currently 1.2 million Lanao people living in the Philippines. They make their home around a large lake in that nation called Lake Lanao, and so that's where their name comes from, obviously. They are people with a Muslim background, as many of them have been born into that faith system by tradition, and some practice it regularly. They're very well known for their woodcrafting, for their metal making, and also for their epic literature that is produced. Would you pray for the Lanao of the Philippines, that Christ would be real to them? More information about this week's Unreached People Group of the Week can be found at joshuaproject.net. So as we think about fear and dealing with fear, we want to approach it from a different angle. So often when we consider our fears, when we are fearful or anxious about something, we think about the problem first. We think about the issue, the circumstance that's at the center, and we work from there. We want to challenge you to think in a different way, and this is the different way that your thinking would be God-centered. And so consider what you know about God. And now, how do we learn about God? We learn about God from His Word, not by what we've heard necessarily and and only or what we perceive, but we learn about God from what He has given us in His Word. And so that's where we go first, and then we begin to work out. We go to godly friends, those who love Christ, who walk with Christ, who show 
evidence of God at work in their lives, and we confide in them, and we ask for their help, for their prayers, for their encouragement, advice, on and on it goes. But even more so in doing this, we want to challenge you to work from a God-centered direction when it comes to dealing with your fears. Not starting with your fear, but by, by starting with God. What does he say? What does he do? How is he at work in this world? What does Christ call you to do? How is he at work in your life right now? How is God carrying out his plan? And this thing you're worried about, this thing you're fearful of, could help to accomplish that. And so that's our aim as we consider um, thinking about fear from a different angle, if you will. Now, much of what we'll share over these next few moments come from an article from a pastor named Andrew Sell. It's called The Bridge Over Troubled Waters, Overcoming Crippling Fear by Faith and Love. It was published in the Journal of Biblical Counseling back in the fall of 2002. Uh, the article is entitled The Bridge Over Troubled Waters because it's a case where Cell uh, is helping a woman work through her fear of crossing a bridge. And her fear of crossing the bridge stems from the fact that her husband was killed on that bridge. And so now she has come not only to be sad and sorrowful when she approaches that bridge, but afraid herself that something would happen to her similar than that what has happened to her family. And so Cell walks through these strategies to help her deal with crossing over that bridge as she's driving on her way uh, wherever she's headed on that particular day. And so here are four strategies that, that we'll think through together and then we'll discuss with Stephen in some more detail in just a few moments. First of all, evaluate your fear or temptation with the light of your reasoning. Now, what do we mean by the light of your reasoning? First of all, that is to love God with your mind. That, that is asking the question, what does God say about this? What does God's word say about this? And so let me give you a few uh, passages that, that will help us there. First Peter 4, 7 says, The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. We want to be sober-minded. We want to be serious in thinking about it, not allowing our fears to run away from us, but um, or, or run us out uh, to a point to where we're just overwhelmed by them. But we want to arrest them. We want to take them captive and make them stand in the light of God's word to see what his word says. And so we're thinking about truth when it comes to this first point of loving God with our minds. The second one here, Matthew 7, 9 through 11, or which one of you, Jesus says, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? There is a truth in this principle that God is good, and that those who are his, he will care for, he will provide for them. And so Jesus says, if you are sinful, yet you know that your child should not be given a snake if they're asking for fish. If they're asking for food, they should not be given something dangerous. And you're sinful. How much more does your perfect and holy Father in heaven know the good thing that you need? Therefore, when you ask him, you can trust him. When you come before him with this fear, you can trust him with it. He will be at work for good in your life. Um, here at the psalm says psalm 23 7 or 23 4 excuse me even though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil 
for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It's a promise that God is with us no matter what. No, no matter that the difficulty, when we are his, he is with us. So what is true? That's a question to ask. What does God say about this in his word, about my fear, about my worry, about my anxiety? What does God say about this? So first of all, we want to evaluate. We want to fight against that fear with the light of our reasoning, which is loving God with our minds. The second is taking responsibility to address the fear. We love God with our actions. So look here. This is a proverb. Proverbs 22, 3. The prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. Now, the prudent is the fearful here. It's not just simple uh, because he uses the word simple later on there. The simple refers to the faithful. The prudent refers to the fearful. Does that make sense? Re- 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 let me just, for the sake of understanding, let me shift it just for a second in its definition. The fearful sees danger and hides himself, but the faithful go on and suffer for it. The faithful go ahead. You know, as, as you think about this poor lady who has lost her husband, would it be a struggle for her to cross that bridge the first time, the second time, the third time? Yes, But to show that God is faithful, to not be paralyzed by fear, she is willing to endure that suffering to move forward. That's what this is calling us to do. There is action taken to address the fear. So I have to realize how this fear has paralyzed me, and then I need to move forward in obedience. What do I need to turn away from? What, what do I need to forsake? That, 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 that attitude, that the behavior that, you know, uh, this person did me wrong and therefore I'm fearful of them and so I'm going to avoid them. No, that's not what Christ has called you to do. You go back to your mind. You think about his word. What's God called me to do? He says, Jesus tells us to bless those who persecute us, to pray for those who, who despitefully use us. And so rather than avoid them, see, that's an action. The action I'm going to do is to pray for them, is to, to bless them, to be an encouragement to them, to show them kindness. Why? That's the truth part, because Christ has called me to. He's called me to this different way of living, and I can trust him, right? You can trust him. He, he is a good, a good father, a good savior, a good Lord, and he will care for us as we obediently follow after him. And so we have a thought, and then we have an action that moves forward out of faith. Now, what undergirds all of that? Here are two things. First of all, developing a habit of praise and thanksgiving. We're to love God with our words. Paul says in Philippians 4.4, 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. It is hard to be overcome by fear, to be overcome by temptation, to be overcome by hate, evil, bitterness, um, anger, all of those things when we are at a place of gratefulness, when we are continually being thankful to God for how he has worked in our lives. It is hard to stay at that place. And so we need to cultivate a continual mindset of, Lord, thank you for, thank you for how you have delivered, how you carry me through. Father, how you provide, how you give me strength, how you help me overcome. There are things continually to be thankful for. And and we know that there will always be things to be thankful for because in in God's word in James 1.17, it says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. 
God is the giver of good gifts. That will never change. It has been uh, this way since he gave life and brought us into existence. And for those who are his, it will be ours for all of eternity as we are with him in the new heavens and the new earth forever and ever in his presence. And so there is always something now to be thankful for in life, for how he is good, for who he is, and for how he works in his people. And then we see also this final thing, love others no matter how you feel. Love God in your relationships. Love God in your relationships. Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 5, for in Christ Jesus, Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. Psalm 55, 22 says, Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. And so if your fear is wrapped up in what someone else can do to you, the call is to love them anyway, because you trust that the Lord will provide that the Lord will protect. Now, loving them anyway doesn't mean that that you just stick your hand in the fan, if you know what I'm saying. You, you don't just run into the sword of, of conflict and of persecution. But at the same time, you are not captured by your fear so much that you are disobedient to what God has called you to do. You are not paralyzed by that fear. You are instead able to bless instead of instead of cursing. You are able to bless instead of avoiding. You are able to bless instead of making some premeditated plan for revenge. We deal with our fears. We deal with our worries. We deal with our temptation by loving God in our relationships, by continuing to continuing to move forward. And so just to recap, first of all, we love God with our minds. What is true? What do we know about God? What is he said about this situation? The second thing is we love God with our actions. I'm going to continue to be faithful. I'm going to turn away from sinful behavior, and I'm going to continue to move along in faithful. It could be obedience. It could be courageous, um, endurance, perseverance. I'm going to continue to move forward. The third thing is we love God with our words. We're thankful for something that the Lord has done in our lives, and specifically even more pertinent to this situation. We're thankful for a blessing that the Lord has shown us, has given to us, despite the the hard thing that is going on in life right now. And then the last one is you love God in your relationships. No matter how you feel, you continue to love and you rely on that faith to be able to show love to the person that that stands there, that, that is maybe hard to love. You continue to show love in those relationships as well. Well, let's bring Stephen Kavanagh in now to the conversation. And Stephen, as people have listened, they've probably been thinking about their own fears. But for just a moment, so we can all be on the same page, what are some fears that you think um, are common to folks? What, what are things that you hear on a regular basis from people that are consistent in person after person? Like you, I probably hear uh, a lot of specific things that are all rooted in uh, lack of control or lack of ability to know uh, what might happen, you know, any parent, uh, I'm sure, has different uh, types of anxieties for 
you know, children going off to school, going to camp in the summer, meeting new friends, hanging out with their friends. What are they, what are they doing when we're not there? When children first start driving, all those types of things where we're having to give up control or at least recognize the fact that we, we have much less control than we would like. Uh, things in terms of the economy, you know, where's the money going to come from to pay bills and things like this. Um, I mean, if you fill a room of a hundred people, you've probably got a thousand different fears, but I'd say they're all rooted mostly in uh, either the unknown or, or lack of ability to control things. Yeah. So I think that's a great place to start because the fear of the unknown must be confronted with what is known. If we allow it to just continue to uh, boil over, then it's going to create more uncertainty, which will just lead to more fear. And so as we think of that, um, what, what are a, a few truths that, that you would recommend to folks or um, maybe that you yourself use as you think about God and you think about what is certain and we can know as we deal yeah, with those well, uncertainties? Like we said, there are so many things that we don't know and will not ever know and can't know. Uh, but our, our hope and our, our trust is rooted in those times and the God who does know all things. Uh, he, he is omniscient. He is all-knowing. There's nothing uh, at any point in time that causes God to run around the heavens and ask all the angels and the heavenly hosts saying, what do we do now? I didn't know this was coming or we didn't plan for this. Uh, he, he knows all. And when you put that next to the fact that he's omnibenevolent, uh, that he is perfectly good in all of his ways, though I may at times get anxious about what I can't control or can't know, I can rest in uh, and, and have a little stillness in my soul by thinking, no, I don't know everything and no, I can't control in a lot of ways anything, but my hope and my trust is in the God who does know everything and he is good. Uh, and so where my limitations are constantly in my face, I remind myself and my heart uh, of of his eternal goodness and his eternal knowledge. I was sharing with you earlier, I read a couple of days ago in my Bible study, Psalm 112, verse 7, that says, the righteous will not fear bad news. His heart is confident trusting in the Lord. And so I think of that in terms of just people. And there's been seasons in my life where I've been the same, just living in perpetual fear of the what ifs. What if this happens? What if this happens? Um, and you know, to, to be a righteous person in this regard is to trust in the Lord, uh, that he uh, is good, he is all-knowing, and nothing's going to catch him off guard, and there will never be anything that occurs to me or the people that I love that God can't handle and doesn't have a plan for. Okay. And so, you know, those truths of what we know of God are very much wrapped up into his word, uh, because that's where he's revealed himself to us most clearly and most uh, definitively. What about the person who comes to you with a fear and, and you guide them to some passages but yet they still say, that's not my situation. Um, what, what, what do we do when, when we can't see our specific problem there in Scripture uh, being addressed by one of the writers there? Well, I think it goes back to uh, trusting in God's character, uh, how, how Scripture may not say, 
yes, when your child goes off to college, they'll make good Christian friends who always make the right decisions and they will never make bad decisions and will never uh, ever, ever do anything or be anywhere that's going to cause you or them grief. There's no Bible passage passage that says that. Uh, But the whole of Scripture testifies to uh, the goodness of God uh, and the fact that he knows all. And when we, again, direct our heart to those general categories, it's a specific answer to my specific problem that will give us hope because our problems change daily. Uh, If that's where our hope is, then tomorrow I'll need brand new answers all over again. But if my hope is rooted in the unchanging character of God, uh, then uh, I'm, I'm going to find that I'm not so quickly and so easily uh, running uh, around trying to find a specific verse about a specific situation. I can rest and trust in uh, the general characteristics of God's uh, character. Yeah, and so I think we think about his general character, and then we can also think about the broad principles of Scripture. You know, it, it's true that, that every single marital conflict that, that we encounter is not addressed directly in Scripture. Every time we have a difficulty with someone in our family or or in a work situation or just in life in general, you're right, there may not be a specific story about this kind of direct instance. But there are principles from lots of places in Scripture that we can see and we can apply into this instance, you know, of what's happened happened or happening in this situation. And so, so we, we can help by thinking in those more principled terms in, in those ways as well. Um, one of the things we talked about also in, in this uh, little exercise of, of dealing with our fear are the, the physical things, that the actions that, that we have to take. Um, I, I want you to maybe think through some of the things that, that, that are common those those paralyzing things that that are common in us we 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 just sort of shut down we stop doing certain things because we're tempted we're angry we're anxious we're fearful what what are those some of those things we sort of keep to ourselves that we know we ought to be doing well trying trying to remain broadly speaking uh, i would say just in in terms of how fear uh, almost turns us inward to where we become so concerned with protecting what we have and not losing it or uh, not being caught off guard by something. And so in that situation, it, it might turn into uh, a heart that uh, uh, is envious of information or being the person who's the first to know or the person who knows the most details. Even if we don't really, we want to be seen as that person so that we're never caught off guard with information uh, that would you know, make us look like we didn't know what was coming or we don't know what to expect. And so that can manifest itself in, in gossip or harsh words or harsh speaking to people or about people. It can manifest itself. And as you have mentioned before, uh, you know, hoarding things, whether it be money or resources, because we're so scared of the what if this happens and we don't have enough. And instead of trusting the Lord to give us this day our daily bread, using the wisdom that he's given us to plan, absolutely, it's not wrong to have insurance or savings by any means. Uh, But when it crosses the line between I'm not trusting in God to provide for me, I'm trusting in my planning and my bank account, my savings to provide for me, or the basement that uh, could be its own grocery store, uh, because I'm so terrified of 
of the big disaster coming, uh, when our heart starts trusting in things that we can control rather than trusting in the character of God, then it manifests itself in all these types of ways again, whether it be gossip or, or hoarding or just being self-centered in nature. Uh, because if we keep people at arm's length, then we can't be hurt in relationships. Uh, there's all kinds of ways that this can, can flow out of us. Yeah, and that inward focus keeps us from um, being able to be thankful because we're Absolutely. we're not looking outward to see what God has done, what he's given us, what he might do. We're just simply trying to maintain and keep it to ourselves. Um, e- even in a bad situation, what are some things that, that we can thank God for? What, what comes to your mind as we... You know, maybe if you have a, a hard situation you've dealt with personally uh, recently or or have as a pastor uh, walked with the family through maybe some ways you tried to encourage them to be thankful in the midst of difficult circumstances. Um, what, what are some of those things that, that come to your mind? Yeah, one of the first things that I think of is just when life hits rock bottom i mean we just take a gut punch that either we didn't see coming or we knew it was coming and braced as hard as we could and it still just knocked us to the canvas um is just to remind myself or others who are who are believers uh that we have a place to turn when the bottom falls out that we're not left uh scrambling trying to find meaning now it certainly can feel that way and look that way at times uh but if you contrast uh a, a faithful christian or at least a christian who's who has been trying to be faithful versus someone who has no faith in god at all uh when the bottom falls out uh, though they both will, you know, grieve depending on the situation, though there certainly may be tears and frustrations and, and fears and maybe even anger mixed in. Uh, when you compare and contrast those two people, for the Christian, there's someone to direct that fear toward and to. There's someone to go to with those questions, with even that anger, with that disappointment. Uh, when when you don't know the Lord, when you don't have his word, when you've not been walking with him, it's just basically up to you and whatever worldview or philosophy philosophy you can come up with to walk you through uh, this situation or these hard times. And with with our faith in Christ and rooted in his word, though oftentimes there's not just here's a Bible verse that will fix all of your problems. And sometimes we're bad about that as Christians. We we know of a loved one or uh, a church member who's gone through a hard time. And we think if we just give them just the right verse, it's like this magic band-aid. We don't need to do that, but just direct them to there's a God who cares. Uh, there's a God who loved this wicked, sinful, fallen world so much that he sent his son who came and was betrayed and beaten and tortured and murdered so that we would be with him forever so that we can come to him with these hurts, with these questions, with these fears. And he hears us. We know that we're not just screaming out into nothingness. We're crying out in our pain to a God who loves us and hears us and who sympathizes with us. And so uh, it's a long roundabout way to come back to what we can be thankful for even when the bottom falls out is we are not alone. We're not forsaken. We're not uh, left to just figure this out all by ourselves. But there's a God who hears. There's a God who cares. And there is a Savior who knows us and loves us fully and, uh, and can suffer and sympathize with us. That's good. One of the things we talked about also was um, um, loving people even through your fear, even through your frustration, your anxiety, your hurt. That's hard to do. 
Um, it's very hard to do. What are some things when you have to do that? What are those little simple sentence prayers? As you know, you know, you know. Here comes the here comes the face to face time. What are some things that you're praying for the Lord to to give you strength and help in in that interaction? I, this sounds like the preacher answer and I don't mean it that way at all but just simply I try to remind myself of the gospel um, that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us and no matter what this uh, conversation or confrontation may look like I can remind myself that um, I am a sinner in need of the grace of God uh, just like this person who may it seemed to me have it out for me they're causing me trouble or there's just this misunderstanding that we can't seem to get over um, you know I might just uh, quickly pray as this encounter is coming Lord help me to be gracious as you're gracious to me help me to listen first uh, and hear this person rather than just seeking to be understood myself uh, give me a heart that that is patient and hears and is able to ask myself tough questions you know I'm assuming that I'm right they're wrong Lord give me grace and humility to hear what is actually bothering them because maybe I'm not as right as I think I am uh, just questions like that praying that the Lord would give me humility and grace uh, since he has extended so much grace and mercy to me and Stephen that is a great place for us to come to a stop on this conversation about fear as we're reminded of the power and the great value of the gospel where God has demonstrated his love for us through Jesus Christ. We hope that your hope is rooted firmly in Christ. For Stephen Cavanis, I'm Brandon Porter, helping you build an informed framework so that you can live biblically in this fallen world. Thanks for listening to this episode of Biblical Thinking. Join in the conversation now at facebook.com slash biblical thinking or take advantage of other episodes, our blog, and more at biblicalthinking.org.